0: Welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, an honest and fun, body positive podcast by me, Anne-Marie Miles. Are you struggling with your weight? Do you wish that you didn't think about food so often? Are there days when you'd wrestle a toasted sandwich off an alligator? Well, then this might just be the podcast for you. I share my story, a lifelong battle with weight, food and mental health struggles. I share it alongside some of my writing on the subject and some of the wisdom I've gleaned from my life as a Christian. So join me for this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. So hello and welcome to this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. I'm marie Miles here, so great to have you with me. And you have caught me in between two extremely busy weekends. Uh, this weekend coming, I'm going to another wedding. I know, what a gadabout. If you listened to the episode before the last wedding I went to, which was at the end of April, I was oh just kind of complaining about the fact that I had to get into a pretty dress and do something with my hair and put some makeup on in. whereas really I would rather be in jeans and a t-shirt <laughs> or leggings even and a t-shirt uh, so yeah so the dress is coming out and I bought new shoes and I bought new thing for my hair and uh, yeah so that's this weekend so I'm heading home to Ireland but the weekend just gone was the 50th anniversary of the Association of Christian Writers here in the UK and that was amazing that was such a brilliant weekend I'm on the committee So it was work. It was hard work and lots and lots and lots of preparation. One thing I have learned working with this amazing team is the more work you do and the more meetings you have and things that you actually sort out beforehand, the smoother it goes on the actual occasion. And it did go extremely smoothly, but only because the events administrator for ACW, like I, I, she just thought of everything. And there were times when I was going, oh, do we have to do we have to organize this bit as well? And yes, we do, because because we did it, because we were nitty gritty about the details and who was going to be doing what and where and who'd have the key to that door and who'd be standing at that door because we did all of that in advance the actual weekend itself went so much smoother because everybody knew where everybody was supposed to be and it really was, it was brilliant and if you are into Christian writing then you'll have heard some of the names of the speakers, Adrian and Bridget Plass were there, oh my goodness they were so cool, so funny and Paul Carenza who uh, has worked works for the BBC and has worked on Miranda and Not Going Out and such like and he has a brilliant podcast actually about the, uh, the history of the BBC if you're into uh, the History of Broadcasting, Paul Carenz's podcast is brilliant. Anne Booth, who is a wonderful children's author and shared with such beautiful honesty. She was fabulous. Um, who else did we have? Tony Collins, who is an agent and has worked in the publishing industry for many years and pretty much knows most of what there is to know, probably about the publishing scene. He was brilliant. And Jonathan Bryan. La- you know the phrase last but not least? Well, that was invented for Jonathan Bryan because he. Blew us all away. Jonathan Bryan is, I think he's 16 and he has severe cerebral palsy. So he's uh, in a wheelchair. He's he can't speak. Well, he can't speak uh, with his vocal cords, but boy, can he speak. He uh, communicates through a letter board uh, with his eyes and his mum was there with him and she read on his behalf and some there was some pre-recorded stuff where friends of his had read on his behalf. The guy is an inspiration. Loves God, loves writing and has a powerful message about education for those who are deemed to be lacking in intellectual abilities. And, you know, there was a presumption because he couldn't communicate, because he couldn't speak and because he had cerebral palsy. There was a a presumption that he had learning difficulties and the guy I tell you, he's so clever, so extremely clever and very, very funny. So if you're interested in hearing more about him, his book is called I Can Write, E-Y-E, I Can Write. And Jonathan Bryan, you'll find him on social media. You'll find his book wherever good books are sold. And he is an inspiration. If you want to be inspired by a young man who just will not let anything stop him from saying what he wants to say. Make sure you buy a copy and all of the proceeds from his book go to the charity he has set up called Teach Us Too, which is a charity he set up to kind of raise the profile of education for those who have disabilities and who maybe are not as intellectually challenged as is presumed, certainly for him when they realised all he could say and all he could do and how he could spell and how he could communicate once they broke that barrier of communication with Jonathan it's it's an amazing story go read it go buy the book support the charity and read it and connect with him on social media I can write EYE can write uh yeah so that was my weekend so it was busy it was exhausting but it was absolutely fantastic and now at this weekend I head to Ireland for the wedding so I'm a bit knackered (laughs) And a bit, oh, a bit talked out. I did a workshop. I did a social media workshop as well while I was there, as well as, you know, doing a bit of running around on behalf of the committee. But it was super, 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 super. So anyway, so this week on Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, my topic is kind of returning to something that I talked about earlier, but uh, in chatting with a couple of people about the podcast and uh, the book that the podcast came from, the book that's still just in a drawer somewhere and maybe will be a book eventually. But I was talking to somebody about when I made food, eating, dieting, I banned the subject. I absolutely banned it. And um, I, I, the problem was and it's a it's a strange kind of process of of logic and it's really taught me do you know something hang on a second for one horrible moment there i thought the microphone wasn't plugged in i was gonna go Ah, but the microphone is plugged in okay so where was i yeah, so it's the kind of um, bizarre logic that led me to the point where I didn't want to talk about food at all. And in fact, I was, I was hurt and I was offended by people who did want to talk to me about food and dieting and, and who were gently kind of trying to encourage me to kind of address the fact that I was getting bigger and bigger. Obviously struggling with mobility, struggling to get up off a chair. But if somebody spoke to me about it, if somebody raised it or said, you know what, I'm going to start walking every day. Do you want to come with me? I would immediately be offended. Do not approach the tomb of the forbidden subject. Do not, because if you do, then you obviously don't love me. And I know it's ridiculous. I know how ridiculous that sounds. It sounds ridiculous when I say it out loud. But let me explain the logic that brought me to that bizarre kind of way of thinking. So I've shared a bit about this before. I come from this big family. You know, I'm the youngest of eight, all these nieces and nephews. And there was always somebody in the house. There was sisters coming with the kids and people popping in after work. You know, the kettle was always on. And on a Friday, my mum would make this big pot of smoked fish in white sauce and, and homemade chips. Loads of people would come and we'd all have some chips with this yummy yum, 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 uh, fish and sauce on it and it's one of my favourite things to make actually <laughs> I love it it just reminds me so much of home and my mom And but yeah and the, you know there was always parties there was always somebody getting married or having a baby there's just so many of them so there was always a party and even before the, the babies and everything started my granny my father's mother used to have a party I think it was like once a month and it was a sing song and in her sitting room there'd be just the, the walls would be lined with chairs in her sitting room and we would just go around the room and there was a, a guy there with a fiddle and a guy with an accordion and I remember as a kid being at that party and there'd be nowhere for us to sit so me and my cousin who was kind of around the same age would sit under a coffee table we'd sit on the floor under this coffee table because there was nowhere else for us to sit and um, sometimes we'd go out and sit on the stairs and have a, have the crack but quite often we would be in the room and the, the singer would go around and when it came to you you sang Sing a song for your granny. I don't want to sing a song. Sing a song for your granny. (laughs) Okay. Down by the Sally Gardens. (laughs) Stop crying and sing the song. (laughs) I know it probably sounds really cruel, but when I... It was just, it was so much fun. And it got to the stage where I loved it. I loved to sing. I loved it when it was my turn to sing. Sorry, I'm going slightly off point here. And then the sandwiches would come out. These gorgeous sandwiches that my auntie would make. They'd go around the room. The tea would be made. And, uh, you know, there'd be bottles of beer and whatever and a glass of whiskey or whatever. But there'd be, you know, there'd be a cup of tea with the sandwiches. And then kind of eventually this sandwich would appear under the table that me and my cousin, somebody hand us down a couple of sandwiches onto the table. We would delight ourselves a glass of Coke and a sandwich. So every family memory that is precious to me has food associated with it. Christmas, family parties, Friday, when mom made that big pot of fish, and Saturday mornings going out for breakfast with my mom and my, and my sisters. And then eventually when my nieces, And now my sisters, they meet. It's one of the things that makes me sad about not living at at home, but they meet most Saturday mornings and their daughters come with their kids. And it's remained a a family tradition. They meet for breakfast on a Saturday morning. Yeah, so food has always been associated with, with times of family and times of fun and times of company. So I found that when I was lonely and when I was sad and particularly in latter years, I, I've shared before that I, I couldn't have I, I can't have children. I had to have um, major surgery when I was 30 and kind of that was the end of that. So I was extremely sad. And so I ate, I, you know, I basically ate and cried for four years after my hysterectomy. And I just put on I piled on the weight. And that's you know, that was the road to ending up 24 stone because I was sad. I was really, really sad. And the thing that made me feel a little better, even if only for a few minutes, was food. And of course it became the tomb of the forbidden subject. When Sorry, that really hurts my throat to do that. Um, It became that because in my head I'm saying, don't tell me I can't have another donut. I can't have children. I'm sad. And in fact, if you don't want me to have another donut, that obviously means that you don't care about the fact that I'm sad. So you obviously don't love me. Do you see how this kind of sequence of events uh, affected my thinking? And and of course, your thinking affects your behavior. It's very rarely. In fact, I don't think it's ever the other way around. I'm not a, a neuroscientist, but in tech pixies, neuro coaching is one of the things that they are licensed to do. And they will always say that your thinking affects your behavior. It's not the other way around. And so my thinking was, you don't love me if you suggest that maybe I start walking or if you suggest that maybe I stop eating bread or if you suggest that maybe I don't have a third donor. Yeah, we're not even talking about a second donor here, mate. We're talking about a third donor. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so and that was the, the, the twisted logic that I had um, about uh, the subject was you don't you obviously don't love me. And so what what happened was I was aggressive and not always passively. <laughs> Sometimes I left the passivity out of it and I was just downright aggressive that when people mentioned weight. And you see, and here's the other thing. Some people are sensitive and some people get it. And some people know that the best thing to do is not to go on and on and on about it, but just to gently chide um, and gently whatever. And if you go back to the episode and I'll, I'll if I remember, I'll put the link in the notes for this episode Advice to the friends of the fatty. It's one of the things I say in that episode is don't give up on us because we are distraught and desperate and we don't really want to be like this. Well, I certainly didn't want to be like this, but I also didn't want to deal with it either. And that's one of the things I said. And I had many people in my life who ever so often would just give me a little child. But I had other people in my life who did not stop talking about it, who mentioned it all the time. Who mentioned it every time I opened my mouth to to eat something, whether it be lettuce or a piece of cheesecake? It didn't matter whether I was being good or being bad. You see, again, there is no good and bad. There is no good and bad. There is no moral, there is no moral issue about food. I mean, if you're a Christian, Gluttony is a sin. That's a completely different issue. Are you having a biscuit with your tea? Yes. Oh, are you having a biscuit with your tea? No. Oh, you're very good. ah, 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 ah. Now, I'm repeating myself here because you know I've said this in previous episodes. There is no moral issue. But I had people in my life who constantly talked about my weight. And it'd be good if you could lose a few pounds now before this. or you will really need to start that diet again. And, And every time, every time, every time, every time. Or they would talk about Richard's weight. they wouldn't talk about mine, but they'd get at me through Richard. And to me, I was offended by that, but I was angry. So I would be offensive back. I would be smart and I would be rude um, and I would be angry because if you didn't let me eat what I wanted to eat until I burst open in front of you, then you obviously didn't love me. And here's two things that I regret about that, that I really, really regret about that. One is that I was not very nice to an awful lot of people an awful lot of times. I was rude. I was spiky. And I wasn't myself because that's not me. Do you know what I mean? I love to laugh and the crack and I love friends and I love fun, positive, open conversations. I don't want to be inspiring with people. It's, I'm I'm much happier uh, if we can have a laugh and just chat about stuff. But the, the, the other thing that I, I really regret is that a lot of people did obey me. A lot of people did say, OK, it's not up for discussion, so we won't discuss it. And a lot of people shut down and Richard was one of them. And I feel terrible that I forced him into a position where he could not address it. He couldn't even look at me funny and I would go mad, you know. The reason I regret it is because then when people stopped inviting me to go for a walk or inviting me to kind of consider food options, I just piled on the way I just ate and ate and ate and ate and ate. ate. To comfort myself and to punish myself now i i there may be people who understand this, and there may be people who won't, but I actually punished myself sometimes with food. I ate food I didn't even like. I ate food I hated the taste of. I ate food to the point where I thought I was going to explode, and it was so, and not that kind of nice Christmas day feeling. I ate till I actually thought I was going to explode gave myself dreadful indigestion and heartburn and uh, other intestinal difficulties. <laughs> and yeah, and I piled, piled, piled on the weight and it has been so difficult to get it down. Like I have lost quite a bit, but I've an awful lot more to lose. I would just say if food is the forbidden subject, for you let go of that if you can it's not easy I know I can I I do know how difficult it is I promise you I know how difficult it is but I was going to die if I hadn't stopped I would have died now we're all gonna die we're all gonna die eventually here we go with Amos happy podcast we're all gonna die (laughs) I would like to die as they say in Ireland in the whole of me health you know, that type of way. I don't want to be somebody who grinds to a halt and in the meantime needs care through my own doing. What, I'm not talking about medical conditions that we can do nothing about, but I can do something about this. I can do something about this to stop me becoming somebody who needs to be hoisted out of the bed. There are people who need that for, for reasons beyond their control. So let's save all of the resources for them. I can look after myself in such a way that I'm as strong and as healthy for as long as possible. And the only way to do that is to stop this chaotic eating. Okay, there are people who are horrible. There are people who are cruel. There are people who are going to say things just to hurt you. But most people are usually looking out for us. And we've all got somebody who's looking out for us. So... If food is your forbidden subject, let whoever is genuinely trying to help you, let them help you. And uh, we are running out of time. So I'm going to finish up now and next week I'll tell you all about the wedding and all about what I did and didn't eat. (laughs) Gosh, I've gone way over time. But before we finish, there is something we need to do. Frankie! What is that, about? Yes, indeedy. It was Frankie's birthday the other day. So if you uh, if you find his mum on Instagram, she'll probably kill me for telling you this, uh, Lisa Keeley, you can go and say happy birthday <laughs> or last week it was maybe. But uh, he's such a great kid. There's a video on Instagram of him on his holidays. They went away for the half term and um, he's up on the stage with the entertainer in the holiday complex singing Raglan Road. <laughs> he's a star. So uh, check him out if you can. But yeah, sorry, Frankie. Sorry about that. <laughs> What is that about? Yes, what is that about? Well, I have to confess, Facebook is annoying me again. One of the things that's really annoying me is ads. Too many, too many, too many, too many ads and too many things that I'm not interested in it's, gosh, it's really driving me mad because they've really pushed the ads. So if you've got a Facebook page, you're probably not getting much traction. Sorry, I'm talking now with the social media kind of side of my life on, but you're probably not getting much traction on on your social media page because they really want you to buy ads. And there are ways that you, you can get a bit more organic reach if you've got a Facebook page. So catch me over on Sunflower Tech Wales. And if you want help with that, I'm quite happy to help you with that. But there's so many things I'm seeing on Facebook that I'm not interested in. And I've seen a lot of people kind of complaining about the fact they're seeing things they're not interested in. So let me, as well as complaining about it, and let let me give you a bit of advice about that with my social media hat on. What you really need to be doing is telling Facebook what you like. Because when when you do, they do respond. So here's the thing. First of all, and I know you're saying oh I've done this loads of times and it still happens, but you hit the three buttons um and same same goes for Instagram. You hit the th- the little three dots, tiny three dots, usually on the top right of a post. And I don't want to see this anymore and whatever. And just use irrelevant. Don't tell them why because they're looking for information. Just use irrelevant. Um, uh, I don't want to see this ad- anymore. I don't want to see this anymore. But let me... Here's how the opposite side works. Will you please like and comment the things you do like? Particularly comment. Because... What's happening is, if Facebook knows what you like, it will give you more of what you like. That's what it wants to do. It actually does want to do that. I know it feels like it doesn't want to give you what you like. It just wants to give you everything. But but the, I think we've got a little bit lazy, some of us, in liking and commenting. But that's how Facebook knows what you like. So if you want to see less of the things you don't like... And if you want your Facebook feed to be filled more with the things you do like, then you need to be a little bit more proactive. Okay, you need to start liking and commenting. Number one, it helps the people who run the pages you like. It helps them. It helps their their analytics. It helps their uh, organic reach as in that's reach reaching people without having to pay for ads and so if you like and support a particular page a great way of supporting it is to like and comment all of their posts be proactive and what will happen is I promise you you will see that the more active you are in saying to Facebook yes this is what I like and and by liking and commenting not just like and sharing oh my goodness very few people share anymore There's a real lack of sharing going on. So if you've got a page or a person you really like and you wanna support them without it costing you anything, don't just like their posts, comment on their posts and share their posts. And that will help them and it will help you because it shows Facebook, yes, these are the things I like, these are the things I'm interested in, these are the things I wanna see and the algorithm will start to change. The reason you're seeing so many different things uh, is probably because you need to do more acknowledging of the things that you do like. So there we go. Auntie Amo's little Facebook lesson there. Make sure you tell them what you don't like as well. And I know that that doesn't really work because then they just show you something else that you won't like. <laughs> so you do have to proactively show them what you like. All right. And I promise you, it will change. We're very fond of just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Let's support the pages and the people we like. So say, take, for example, oh, I don't know, say me. Um, so Ammo <laughs> Writing, uh, that's my Facebook page and Instagram and Twitter as well. And Sunflower Tech Wales, that's the, my social media side of things. Uh, that's my pages on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not on Twitter with Sunflower Tech. I'm not just talking about me. Who are the writers you like? Who are the musicians you like? Who are, you know, the interest pages that you like? Makeup artists crafters whoever start being more proactive on their pages number one it helps them but more importantly for you it you will start to see more of the things you are interested in all right Be a bit proactive and honestly, the rewards will come. And I'm going to leave you now. So you can head to anmariemiles.co.uk to get in touch with me, to find out about my books, to buy me a coffee, to hear older episodes of the podcast. And when I come back from the wedding in Wexford, I will see you and you will hear me next week. Bye bye.